Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm Nikki yeah. Barcelona, and with me is surprisingly BJ Shea. This is a shock to me as well. I don't know how we got him here, but I think food and snacks were involved. Doesn't hurt. Uh, also here with us, running the board, is Joey Dees. Hello! We've what? got the full house. This is scary, strange, all of the above. But what do we got going on today, Joe? Well, today we will talk with Gareth Vaughn Kallenbach about many things. Of course, from SKNR.net, skewed and reviewed, he's going to talk Ubisoft disasters, alien franchise getting movies and games, and Marvel returning to China overseas. Ooh. Some more stuff to viewing. We'll talk HBO's first episode of their new series, The Last of Us. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blog, podcast, and more. more. Or just search BJ Chase Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Do it. Yes. Do it, do it. Let's do it, do it. Don't mind me. I just had my second or third thing of caffeine. <laughs> oh, look at you. Well, that means you're caffeinated and ready to go. Mm-hmm. She's like a little tiny Yoda bouncing all over the place fighting Count Dooku. Yes. Yes, very but, much so. Funny enough, when baby Yoda is on screen, my little brother will say, it's Beaky. I'm like, no, that's not Beaky. Oh, yeah, baby Yoda. <laughs> so I am baby Yoda to my you little You guys brother. do look kind of alike, actually, now that yeah. I think about it. You got about yeah. the same amount of like mustache hairs and chin hairs. So it's on the right. right. Then. Do you have the force, though? <laughs> I got the force to smack a beat. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Whoa, whoa. Well, you have the <laughs> force to bring Gareth von Kallenbach over here for us. <gasps> bring him here. Yes, we must talk to Gareth because there is a lot of upcoming news and it's the new year, so let's do it. With us today is Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Gareth, Marvel Ant-Man trailer dropped. People are going crazy, but I heard you have some other news uh, regarding the movie. Yeah, fantastic news, actually, for uh, Marvel slash Disney. Uh, China has recently announced that they will not only be allowing Ant-Man uh, Quantumania, but they will also allow Wakanda Forever to be shown in their country. And uh, this is really big news because it is the second largest market in the world, and it's constantly growing, even with their new wave of COVID and so on. They only allow a certain number. It's said to be roughly 20 foreign uh, films to be shown in their country. They also have some very strict requirements for what they will allow, what they will not allow. But companies are willing to do this because, to give you an example, there are certain films that absolutely crashed out in the United States, such as the last uh, live-action Resident Evil film, but did huge business over in China which turned it into very profitable status. And there are a lot of people that used to say, you know, it's going to be really hard for films to cross a billion dollars without the Chinese market. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because they have so many people. And, of course, you know, that whole audience over there, you know, gets to watch it. Correct. And see, but then, of course, the whole argument is you have to have franchises that appeal to them. They knew Avatar. The new Avatar film was allowed to open there done well the trick though with marvel is that marvel people forget there is a long association with disney 
and China. Let's not forget they have two theme parks in China, both Shanghai, Hong Kong. There is a large tradition. The problem is in recent films such as Shang-Chi, where it was never officially said, but there was some problems with a Chinese character being played by a Korean actor. Uh, that was the widely believed to be the reason that the film was not allowed to open there. We've had things like Iron Man 3 had scenes with Chinese actors that were cut out of the U.S. version but were played over there. Uh, you may remember Transformers, but some of the recent ones were set in China with Chinese actors and actresses to help guarantee the films open there. So this kind of became a trickle-down theory. There was some talk about Dr. Strange had issues because of a um, gay character, so on and so forth. And so there was never an official ban, but many people kind of saw it as a ban. So the fact that Wakanda Forever, which has been out for a while, is coming to streaming next month, is getting a release over there, as well as the new film, is seen as a positive sign that there's kind of been a thawing and that they can look forward to seeing more and more Marvel content in theaters over there. Ah, that's, that's great news. I mean, at least for Marvel and I'm sure all the fans over there in China, I mean, this Marvel Ant-Man movie, after that last trailer, seems like it's going to kick off the Kang conquering world that we've been waiting for. Are you excited for this movie, Gareth? Very much so. And see, the thing that I find most interesting is there's been a lot of talk from not Feige, but some of the other Marvel producers that... Not only are they kicking off uh, Phase 5 with this, but this is an extremely important film going forward. There was someone I was talking to who said, well, the Ant-Man films have kind of been uh, more lighthearted comic relief, which often follows a more serious film. And they pointed out to uh, Infinity War had a, you know, a much darker and serious tone, and it was followed by Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, the bonus scene did link it well, but... It was a more lighthearted, more comedic tone. We had a lot of the humor with Randall Park, Paul Rudd, so on and so forth. And as I said, you got to look at it this way. The Marvels was originally intended to be the first film. Uh, they, Disney felt, or Marvel felt, that it was in need of more time because it was not film first. Ant-Man was. And so, therefore, the Marvel gets pushed back to later in the year. And this one comes forward. And then we start to hear this one is much darker, much more serious in tone, and is going to set the stage for Kang, who is going to appear, or variations of Kang, all throughout the upcoming phase. This is not like, you know, necessarily Thanos in the background until he steps forward. Kang is going to have a much bigger presence. And as we all know, we've already had two Avenger movies announced. And one of them's called the Kang Dynasty, so you kind of get that feeling he's going to be involved in that one. Yeah, so I would I'm very imagine. Excited that. to see what they do. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've been waiting for the new villain. I mean, I know they spoiled Kang a little bit in uh, Loki, uh, and so we've been waiting a long time to finally see him appear on the big screen. So it should be a fun time. Uh, moving on from Marvel, though, I hear we have some drama with Ubisoft. Yeah, this is really a bit of a surprise because. There's a, and it's still early in the year, anything can happen, but there's a growing concern that I'm seeing from a lot of people in the industry uh, that they think the game industry may be heading for a bit of a downfall this year. And one of the concerns is that you've had rising prices, 
you have diminished results in that some things like Call of Duty did exceptionally well. Some things like the Callista Protocol sold massively below expectations and had a huge budget for them. Now, people can speculate all you want. You could say, well, maybe people are not at home as much as they were the last few years. They're going out more. There's more options. Gaming prices have gone up. Maybe some people are saying prices up, quality down, length of life. Who knows? But what happened was Ubisoft apparently came out, and well, not apparently, they did come out, and they said that three unannounced games have been canceled. Oh. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 has been pushed back again. Uh, well, actually, excuse me. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still in development, but there's no a date for it. And their pirate theme game, Skull and Bones, pushed back yet again. And then you hear reports that, unfortunately, this has been something we've been following for the better part of a couple of years in the industry, of workplace unrest, toxic workplace, that sort of thing. It's popping up at several companies. We understand that some people are saying the stock prices are falling, and this, of course, is leading rumors uh, that seem to pop up every few years with them that they could be ripe for uh, a sales pitch, a possible hostile takeover, uh, you know, they have rebuffed these in the past, but, you know, it's got people wondering what exactly is going on. And then we hear that the brand new Assassin's Creed Mirage is going to be shorter in game length. You know, they were commenting how Valhalla, and we're not counting any DLC or anything like that, was roughly 46 hours of gameplay. This new one's supposed to be closer to 14 hours. Whoa. They're claiming, well, people have said we want smaller we don't want the longer games others are saying for 70 dollars for a console price with no multiplay uh you know not saying that won't have multiplay i'm just saying if you're putting out games that are smaller in length with no multiplay and the price is higher now you understand why people are saying yeah i think i'm gonna wait on this one yeah i mean pass all together for sure. I mean, after all of the cyberpunks, you know, the, the delays, the doesn't work, you know, not what people wanted. And then Callista Protocol just flopping completely, no gameplay, you know, with less than 10 hours, you know, it just, you get kind of like worn out as a gamer, you know, you're like how, how many $70 games can I buy that will keep letting me down like this? Exactly. And, you know, and then the thing too is the whole nature of the internet and the news first, you take a game that's still a little ways out, like, um, the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. There's been an absolute uproar in the last couple of days because someone who apparently is credible leaked something that, while not a loot box, they appeared to have a payment system in place with it. And somebody said, you know, there was a main page leak from an early build and all of this, and everyone's like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to, you know, and it, it brought back memories of Marvel's Avengers game, which did not meet expectations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And people are, you know, the company's already coming out and saying, oh, no, 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 this is this is cosmetics and this, that, and this, that. And then they try to say something like, well, you have a good character, but you have the opportunity to make them a great character. And I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, people are reading this as, you're basically saying, here's my core game, give me $70, but if you really want to tweak, you know, cough up a little more. And that is not rubbing people the right way. You know, loot boxes, as we know, have always been a very controversial subject because there's always the implication that it is not cosmetics, 
It is pay-to-play, meaning if you want a competitive edge, pay the extra money, and there you go. And in a game where there is a co-op or multiplay uh, concept, you know, we look back to the last Star Wars Battlefront game, people lost their minds over it. Yep. That And, you know, I, I'm always so torn on loot boxes. I don't mind if they're just cosmetic-based, you know, something like uh, an Apex Legends kind of a game where you're just – you can play the game. It's fair enough. You know, have enough free characters. But once you start getting to that point where I have to – you know, I'm getting past that $100 mark just to get into, like, the actual competitive version of your game, man, it can be rough. Oh, exactly. And somebody said to me once, well, Call of Duty's got a lot of paid content. Why does it get a pass? And I said to them, well, you have to look at it. What are they offering? Usually it's character skins. Usually it's certain weapons. But the weapons are not so unbalanced that they give you a competitive advantage. If you're a regular player and you go with uh, the core game, I mean, I personally don't care what the character looks like. I mean, sure, you can adjust it, but I don't need all the new fancy costumes and that. And sometimes you can go, all right, I'd like to have this plasma gun from the Terminator upgrade and all of that. But at the same time, if you have a good loadout, it works, and here's a brilliant move. Take out one of the people using it, pick the gun up off their corpse, go to town for free. There exactly. you go. Exactly. And you'll find out that more often than not, it doesn't offer that much more of a competitive advantage than a properly loaded out or a customized weapon uh, set up in the core game. Yeah, and Call of Duty does a great job of having preset loadouts too for you if you don't have them. So it's you don't really get that big of an edge, and you can keep playing, and it's free to play. I just like their model a little bit better, you know. Even if it does come at the cost of a little bit of uh, you know, that initial upfront money, I'm sure they make up for it with their uh, cosmetics. And of course, and then remember this too: they also now give you all the maps and the updates for free without charging you for them. Yeah, yeah, and you can buy the single player separately if you really want that instead. It's, it's I like it. Yeah, exactly. Well, moving on from the Ubisoft drama, we do have some uh, some juicy uh, news that in the Alien franchise. I'm a I used to love the AVP games like way back in the day. What do we got, Gareth? What's coming up? Okay, so we had a lot of stuff coming up, and remember, this is the first set of stuff, and I'm not counting comic books or books or things like that. Toys. This is the first set of content under Disney ownership, and there were all these people that had all these brilliant theories that oh, Disney's going to sell them, Disney's never going to do R-rated films, and my attitude is Disney's done R-rated films for years just under some of their sub-labels. You know, people forget the original Scream was released under Disney ownership when they had that uh, Dimension Films part of it. Oh, yeah. So with the success of Prey, which really reinvigorated the Predator franchise by being a direct film on Hulu, there is a new Alien film coming. Now, it's interesting because... We all know about Noah Hawley, who does the Fargo series, and his wrapping up the new season. They're getting set to work on the new TV series, which is going to be for FX, so on and so forth. About a little less than a year ago, I want to say, we had news that a brand new movie was coming to be on Hulu, and it was going. It was from a concept that Fed Alvarez, who did the Resident Evil remake, who has done the Don't Breathe films, uh, came up with apparently Ridley Scott liked the idea, but was committed to doing uh, like Covenant and his projects. Uh, apparently, he went to Fede and said, "Basically, you still want to do it?" And he said, "Absolutely!" And boom, there it is. And they are going to be getting uh, production filming next month, February, in uh, Czechoslovakia. We're not sure how long the filming is. We're not sure when it comes out. There is a possibility it could debut at the end of the year. 
But what we do know about it is very interesting in that it's said to be not it's standalone film, so it's not directly connected to um, any of the other films. And then we've heard reports that uh, Phoebe Waller Brid- or Phoebe Waller Bridges is going from Fleabag is going to be playing an android called Rook. Now they haven't confirmed the casting, and people are saying if you look at it, that's kind of a play on Bishop, and that maybe they're naming them after chess pieces. Uh, seeing some interesting. Uh, casting rumors and such, and I'm very, very curious to see what they'll come up with. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, a quick turnaround on that, February straight to filming. I mean, that that's great. And on top of that, I mean, I really like the Alien franchise. Even Prometheus, I know people didn't like nearly as much. I, I still enjoyed all those movies, and uh, I didn't think we were going to get any more in the genre, to be honest, despite Prey doing so well, just because it's one of those things that's like, you got to write it, and there's a little bit of like, oh, man, are we going to be able to appease the fans? But I'm glad to hear there's more coming. There is, and the beautiful thing about it is that Covenant did not do as well as it could have, and I do think a big problem with it was they put it out right in the middle of the summer against the Avengers and that sort of thing. I think if they would have put it out September, October, it could have done better. Summer is not a good time for R-rated uh, horror sci-fi mm. films. By putting these things on Hulu, which is largely Disney-owned, it helps control the cost. So, for example, you can put a $60 million production, $70 million production on it, and you're not stuck with that. We've got to make at least three times what we put into it to share the money with the theaters, to cover the cost of advertising, to cover all of that. You put it on there, your revenue stream is much easier, and then you can you know, make some of it back by sticking it on, on home video. You have the option to, you know, toys, franchises. We've talked uh, off-air about the games. There's already uh, two more Alien games in the works that we know of. One is supposed to be survival horror, and possibly with a VR element for the next gen of VR. And then another one, is coming soon called Dark Descent, and it's kind of like a top-down, uh, I guess the best way I describe it is at, like an XCOM version, more like a, a turn-based or real-time strategy version of an alien game. And, you know, it never goes away, but there are rumors that still pop around, even though the company that made the original doesn't have the rights that an Alien Isolation sequel still might happen, so on and so forth. So it's, it's interesting uh, for this franchise that everyone was convinced Disney wouldn't have anything to do with. We've seen books, we've seen comics, we've seen a lot of toys, we've got a film, we've got a TV series, and we've got a bunch of video games coming. Oh, man, we're lucky. I like to hear it. I mean, it looks like those rumors were quickly uh, thrown out the door, so I'm glad that we are getting the full return of the uh, franchise. Gareth, again, thank you so much for joining us. That's SKNR.net, skewed and reviewed. Uh, thank you again, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you again, Gareth. Always great hearing from you. I love alien movies and alien news. We're getting two more movies and games and all those great stuff. And, you know, Joe, speaking of controversies, uh, quickly we have to just say, man, the big one, of course, with Wizards of the Coast with the OGL open gaming license, which, Vicky, I do believe you posted not too long ago a, a great link to a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Uh, our good buddy, uh, uh, he works for AEG Games. We've had him on the podcast before, Ryan Dancy. Uh, he was... The 
one of the creators of the OGL back in the day when he worked for Wizards, and he did a great interview answering any question you could have about the ramifications, what it means, what's going on. And even though Wizards has walked back a little bit on this, eh, you know, Ryan is still like, all right, we still have to keep pushing. You know what? Make sure that they 100% say things are going to be like they used to be and not like maybe what they want to be. Um, a powerful subject for Dungeons and Dragons and fans of that. Uh, and uh, Ryan really did a good job. So you can just scroll, just do a little scrolling on the uh, BJ Shake Geek Nation Facebook page and you can find the link to that great interview. But lots of controversies, Joe. Lots of controversies. Luckily, just leaks. Nothing finalized yet. And as you said, uh, Wizards is kind of rolling it back after the, uh, I would say, hate is just the best way to put it at this mm. point uh, because the fans were not happy. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But moving on from that, we do have to get to what I hope is going to be the new best series that HBO has put out, well, this year because it's the beginning of the year. But it's going to be amazing, and at least the first episode to me was, and that is The Last of Us. Yeah, The Last of Us. Uh, Joey, you watched it. I watched it. Uh, I, I and I totally didn't realize this was even happening. I, I saw a couple of the, a couple of ads, not realizing this was based on a very popular video game franchise. Yeah, huge, huge following. Of course, it kind of falls into that zombie category, and zombie cat uh, games and shows are generally pretty hit or miss. They're either very good or you know just an average horror movie. Well, then you've got the standard. I mean, look, it's it's hard to do anything zombie and not go well the goat is the walking dead at this point which just finished mm. up the original series even though they got a hundred spinoffs but um that was what i was thinking is like really they're gonna try to do this when the walking dead is what the walking dead is uh, i gave it a shot anyway and also it's tough to do a, a video game franchise you know the walking dead was based on a bunch of successful graphic novels by robert kirkman so that there was plenty of story the you know, Last of Us, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a lot of great cinematics that would lead you to think we can make a story out of this. And I, 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 I did see a meme from somebody who uh, showed, uh, I guess, a, a cinematic of the main character uh, carrying his daughter. And they also showed it as it was recreated for the TV show. So I was like, all right, I guess there's something here. And, uh, of course, you got Pedro Pascal in it, who plays Joel, who's the dad. Uh, and uh, if you haven't seen the episode, not going to spoil anything, but I suppose if you watch the, the video game cinematics, you know what happens a little bit. Also starring Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones, as well as the Netflix animated series Hilda. She is the voice of Hilda. Yes. Yeah, Bella is uh, definitely a focal point, as we come to find out in the first episode. They don't take long to tell you that she's like the Neo of this show for some reason, though we don't know why, but she's the chosen one. And Joey, I, uh, I liked it more than I thought I would because they did a different take of what a dystopian future would look like if there was this infection thing. It's a different take than The Walking Dead which and showing us a different kind of world. I said, oh, okay, you're not going to just show me this world as people are running away from people getting eaten and it's uh, the whole world's just collapsed. Actually, the world hasn't collapsed the way the Walking Dead world did. Yeah, the first 30 to maybe 40 minutes of this show is definitely movie quality, cinematic, money, budget shots for shot. I mean, it's incredible. It's like, you're, you know, if, it reminds me a lot of World War Z when you watch because they do the little like, not, this is like a half splitter, but it's not really, but they do the background of the world first obviously before the apocalypse and that whole budget leading up to it is incredible it's a, it's a great 40 minute watch right there then to your point they jump a little bit it's going to happen 
always does, to show you what's going on in the world now. And yeah, it's very different from The Walking Dead in the sense that there is an actual society that survived, and it's pretty brutal. Yeah, and uh, the first episode has, for me, just not Easter eggs, but just great cameos. Uh, Big Head is doing it, full interviewer, and uh, John Hanna is also in there smoking a cigarette, and uh, John played in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, he was the one that made the LMDs. And uh, Christopher Heyerdahl, who uh, was a, a great bad guy in Hell on Wheels, and he's been in other stuff, too. Uh, it was so fun to see the three of them <laughs> recreate a 1967 interview about how the world could be taken over by fungus and that pretty much is what's happened the world's taken over by fungus joe mm. that's it's it's it. so that's the infection it's a fungal infection and they kind of really iron it out from a scientific standpoint or at least sci-fi science fiction standpoint and i they had me i'm like all right i'll buy into this and it, it, we're off to the races with episode one on hbo yeah and i know the last of us had two games so they have a lot of content to go from I do worry because, you know, this is a zombie show and it's pretty hard to innovate in the zombie universe because what is there in a post-apocalyptic world that's covered in zombies besides the human condition that they kind of address in The Walking Dead? And as you pointed out, there's no coincidence that this show came out and launched, you know, the, at the time it did, you know, beginning of January, right after The Walking Dead's finale and they end the series. So it's yeah. trying to fill that void and capture that audience with a big IP. Very smart. Pedro Pascal is amazing. I mean, actually, mm. honestly, all the actors in this show are amazing so far. I really have zero complaints. Just goes Hello. to show you that how much I hated the writing of Wonder Woman 84 because because <laughs> Pe Pedro really, I was like, dude, this is a horrible follow-up for you, uh, uh, you know, since he's so great in The Mandalorian. So, yeah, I'm happy to see that he's actually really good. Yeah. I, I love, like, I really want to see this series because I love both these actors. Unfortunately, we're still kind of in the wintertime mode, so it's still dark early and I need sunlight if I'm going to be watching something like this, especially by myself. So I definitely will hope to either find a uh, lightning buddy or watch it earlier in the day because this looks amazing. But I love that, you know, that Pedro Pascal can do funny. He could do action. He can do anything because he was in the unbearable weight of massive talent with uh, Nicolas Cage last year. And that is something also that I really wanted to see because of the trailers. He made it seem hilarious. So Yay for Pedro Pascal. Yeah, my hope is that that first episode, that the the girl who's the main character and they kind of allude to she's going to be special, I hope it's almost like a red herring in the sense that they are going to do something unique in the genre that we haven't seen. And this is kind of a setup and it's going to go somewhere else because I do love all the acting. I do love the, the, the story and the way it's shot, but I don't want just another, there's an outbreak, we have to solve it, and that's the story. Yeah, I don't know why she's so special, and 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 it's uh, it, and basically it's two factions, and that's the thing. So she there's a re there's a rebellion. It's like sort of like the empire is running this post apocalyptic society, and then the rebellion needs Bella, and I don't know who she is. Is she Luke Skywalker? Who is she? I don't know. Is she Anakin? I, I you know well, her there's name a is lot Ellie. of similarities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and uh, oh yeah. Well, Bella plays Ellie. Yes, yes. Ellie and Joel. Uh, yeah, and so uh, that is um, so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Ellie is. And I'm with you, Joe. I hope that there's more to this than just you're the chosen one. But they're keeping it mysterious as to why she's the chosen one and why we have to keep her alive. Well, it was obviously one of the biggest openings since House of Dragons, and it has 99% on the tomato meter with a 96% audience score. So not only did a lot of people tune in to watch it, they also enjoyed it. 
Well, that's good news for them. They'll probably get a second season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you did touch on that a little bit, BJ, but the fact that this was a video game made into a show and it doesn't suck, I mean, <laughs> it's surprising. It's yeah. yeah, it's very amazing. Good on them. <laughs> you know. But HBO usually does a good job with shows. Uh, and, and when they don't, it's not their fault. It's usually the guys going, yeah, we'll just give you a crappy seventh season, even though HBO's like, we'll let you do whatever you want. What are you doing? Why? why? Well, we want it to be good. Please make it good. It's funny because I just saw a meme where it was like the a Simpsons character smacking somebody else on the head, at, uh, and it was uh, HBO to Netflix. Like, that's how you do a video game adaptation show, referring to the show I totally forgot they had made. Witcher. Resident, the Witcher, yeah. Resident Evil. Oh, I totally right. forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, well, some people think The Witcher's going down a bad road. I mean, I've liked both seasons. I haven't watched the prequel for The Witcher, which stars um, uh, Michelle Yeoh, who I love a lot, but man, I've heard so things. many. I've heard, you've heard good things? I've I, heard horrible things. I heard good things of her acting. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I maybe mean, I'll give it a try based on that. Yeah. Maybe you, you I, might. I mean, I've just oh. said I've just read stuff that says that she is phenomenal in it, but that doesn't mean the whole show's good. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe my wife will give it a watch because we both mm. like The Witcher. But uh, yeah. So Joe, I'm I, I'm with you. A pleasant surprise and a, a critical hit so far. Uh, one episode in, uh, HBO Max is The Last of Us. Yes, I very much agree. But we'll have to wait to find out more. Until then, we're going to have to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, it's Friday, and that means movies. Movie time. Not a whole lot of movies coming out this All week. All right, we're going to go to HBO Max and watch The Last of Us. <laughs> I will be a couple shows that did come out this week, and there's like one or two movies that we can talk about here. Uh, one being a movie I keep getting ads for called Missing. And at first, when it first starts, the ads, I thought it was going to be like one of those other silly movies like, hey, you know, we're going to go. No throwing house parties. And this teenager is like, OK, no fun. And then throws a house party. But then her parents never come back. Oh, well, that's not good. Yeah. So it's uh, it's like when her mother disappears while on vacation in Colombia with her new boyfriend, June's search for answers is hindered by international red tape. Stuck thousands of miles away in Los Angeles, June creatively uses all of the latest technology at her fingertips to try and find her before it's too late. But as she digs deeper, her digital sleuthing raises more questions than answers. And when June reveals unravels secrets about her mom, she discovers that she's never really knew her at all. Oh, intrigue. And I feel like uh, maybe not all of the movie, but part of the movie is going to be one of those, uh, what they're kind of doing nowadays, like the Zoom call where you're, you could, you're watching, like they're watching the screen and that's what you're seeing. Oh, wow. All I right. think that's part of it because she's on, you know, doing a lot of self, like you see that selfie mode, Snapchat mode, was all like that stuff. Powers where they shot it with a camcorder kind of a thing, but they're doing it through a Zoom. Is that what you mean? Was it Powers? Something like that. It was one of those movies. I forget what it was called, oh, but movie. yeah, yeah. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. And it had the guy from Powers. That's what it was. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's like uh, Shipka. No, no. Um, there was Sh- a couple. Shapiro. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. It just makes me nauseous. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but there's, you know, this one is interesting. It's called Detective Knight, Knight with a K, Independence. And it says it's a holiday action movie and it has eight reviews and it's at 100%. Well, eight reviews. But- well, those eight people were paid <laughs> off, I tell you. Well, considering, you know, it's a movie that I don't I have not heard of. What it's kind a, of holiday movie? Valentine's Day? I don't Independence Day, I guess. It's holiday action mystery thriller starring Bruce Willis. Detective James Knight, last minute assignment to the Independence Day shift turns into a race against time to stop an unbalanced EMT worker who is posing as a cop. This is a very interesting time to release an Independence Day movie. 
Yeah. And this is, I know Bruce Willis is have, has medical conditions where I don't know how long he can continue to act. And yeah. we have seen some of the movies he's made before and mm-hmm. we're like, Bruce, what are you doing? And it turns out, I think he just wants to act as long as he can. Even, and or maybe least, some of his condition has affected his ability. Well, I think he kind of has stepped away from it. So I feel like within the last few years, he's just like, let me just do as much as I can. Just I felt for a while, it was literally every other week we had a new Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, I'm a little. T- I, I look. I, I definitely have a lot of empathy for Bruce, but I have no desire to see it. As, I've been burned too much by the latest movies that he's done. There, they just haven't been good. Yeah, and this is going to be a uh, in theaters or rent to buy on Vudu or buy on Apple TV. So it says 100 okay. percent eight reviews. So I'll keep an eye on it right. for future weeks to see if how many people actually review it down the line, and maybe get an idea of that. But I, wonder, it, yeah, I feel like Independence Day would have been a better time to release yeah, this. Probably, but okay, yeah. they know what they're doing. Uh, but if you're looking for a show to start or, you know, maybe dabble into, we this one's not so nerdy, but I think it's awesome, like, true and, like, close to my heart, that 90s show. Oh, right. That started. It's a uh, spinoff sequel yeah. to that 70s show, you know, well, technically 10 plus years after, 10, 20 years after the end, because the end of the 70s show is literally when it hits the 80s. Makes I believe, sense. Yes. So yeah. this is now The Children of like Eric Foreman and all the other characters. So now they're parents and then uh, Kitty and Rhett are grandparents and they're dealing with their grandchild in the 90s and kind of going into the same hijinks as they did when they were yeah, kids. What, what, and I've seen the, the trailers for this. I pr- I'll probably give the episode one watch. I mean, there's it's, you know, the magic of the, of the four characters. Do we, because let's be honest, do we have stars in the making the way we did with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis mm-hmm. and, you know, really all of them? Uh, you know, the, the, the Topher Grace, and I'm, I'm forgetting the names of some of the other folks in there. Will Drama, Wilbur, Wilmer, right? Wilmer yeah. Valderrama. Valderrama, thank you. Uh, and I saw that he at least is back for a little bit. He might do and, a cameo, or maybe so he's going to be recurring. So is Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Like I saw them in the trailer. I feel like they're going to mostly focus around, you know, Red and Kitty. And then we're just going to have pop-in appearances from everyone else. This is just the vibe I'm getting based off the uh, the poster they have of it. Uh, who knows? This could be like another boy meets girl kind of a thing. But as of right now, it's uh, 73% tomato uh, meter, 74 audience score. That's not horrible. I'll probably watch. Uh, my, my wife, I don't know if she ever watched that 70s mm-hmm. show, but I watched a bunch of episodes. I didn't watch every episode, but I really did like the show. So it's like, all right, it's worth a, it's worth a check. I'll check that 90s show out. I will say I am. I would put money down. We are not going to be seeing Hyde in this because of a lot of issues with that actor and legal troubles. That's why he got kicked off of another Netflix show called The Ranch. Yeah, it's kind of messy. I wouldn't get into it. But if you want to look, Google it. Uh, another show, it's gotten its second season, and this has literally been on my list to watch for since the first season came out, and it's called The Legend of Vox Machina. Oh, and, I've heard about this. Mm-hmm, second season is getting 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, it's got eight reviews, but it got what a second the, season. What's, I, the, what's, what's this about? Uh, the Legend of Vox Machina, I believe it's a uh, prime, yep, prime, uh, not exclusive. A, uh, is it animated? Yes. Ah, that I do know what this is yep. about. I've well, seen this. It's a band of eight unlikely heroes find themselves on a quest to save the realm of Exandria from dark magical forces. Sounds very Dungeons and Dragonsy. Yes, it very much does. Uh, another one, which this I think is this part. So it's season four, part one. I did not realize it was already out. All of it is out as of a couple weeks ago. Doom Patrol. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. and part one just wrapped up. You're right. I yes. I haven't finished all the episodes. 
I do love this. I love Doom Patrol. I think it's one of the best shows on television just because of everything they do on that show. Right. And um, it shouldn't I, work, but it does. Yeah. And I'm, uh, you know, and I, and really, when everyone talks about the whale, actually, I would tell you Doom Patrol probably is really what helped resurrect Brandon, okay. Brandon Fraser, yes. Brandon Fraser's career. Uh, but, and I like the season so far. Uh, yes. And like it better than Titans, which also Ooh. seems to be on a hiatus. Uh, like they, instead of just giving us the whole season, they paused and they mm. did the same thing with Doom Patrol. So I don't know when either one's coming back, but. Yeah, still, uh, Doom Patrol is still worth a watch. Titans? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, uh, I feel like this show has always pushed my boundaries of tolerance. Uh, I figured it should be better because it's on HBO Max. It has its moments. Doom Patrol, on the other hand, uh, they it's just great acting, really good writing. Uh, I, I will always be a fan of that show. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of awesome when you have a series that's been out for a while and you haven't seen it. You can binge it. Yes, yes, you can. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.